Greetings and welcome to Season 3, Episode 29 of the Harmonious Living Podcast. I'm your host, Nayama, and on today's episode, we're discussing home, and in particular, coming home to yourself. So you might be asking, what does that mean? And that's a great question. That's the question I want to ask you. What does coming home to yourself mean? What does it look like? What does it feel like? And what does it mean in practice? So we're in the holiday season officially. And last week, many people went home for the holidays. And there's that old time Christmas classic. There's no place like home for the holidays, right? But maybe home has all kinds of connotations Maybe you had some positive experiences growing up. Maybe you have some not so positive experiences. And so what does home, the physical home and the metaphorical home mean to you? Let's talk about it. This episode of the Harmonious Living Podcast is sponsored by Harmonic Soul Wellness. Have you been doing the same thing and hoping for different results? Have you been looking to add more variety to your current eating habits? Are you ready for transformation from the inside out? Then the 90 Days to Wellness plant-based eating program is for you. Learn how to stop dieting and start eating to live. You can find us on the web at HarmonicSoulWellness.com or contact us at 619-892-8192. Greetings and welcome to another episode of the Harmonious Living Podcast. I'm your host, Niamma. And on today's episode, we're talking about home. And in particular, we're talking about coming home to yourself. So what really prompted me to even begin to think about this subject was that, um, One of the communities that I belong to with Sherry Salata, the theme that we've been talking about this month of November has been about coming home to yourself. And what does that look like? What does that mean? And we can examine that on a lot of levels, whether it's metaphorical, whether it's um, physical. And I started thinking about it in the context of home as a physical place, as, you know, the place where we lay our heads. And of course, last week was Thanksgiving in the U.S. And a lot of people traveled home for the holiday, right? And if you recall um, the songs, you know, that come out around this time, there's no place like home for the holidays and things like that. And where, you know, a lot of people who are living in areas that are away from where they grew up or away from where their parents live. And so the idea of coming home um, can have all kinds of connotations to it. 
um, positive and negative. I know a lot of people who can't wait um, to return home or they feel quote unquote homesick. There are certain things that they miss about the culture, um, the environment, the people, um, et cetera, about where they consider home to be. And so as I was thinking about um, home in the geographical sense, I also thought about home in the metaphorical sense or in the um, physical sense that home physically is this body that we live in because this body is the home of our spirit. And so, you know, when I think about home in the material sense and having previously experienced what we call homelessness um, at different points in my life, I can speak to the idea that a better way to describe this experience that so many are living is to say that they are unsheltered because as long as we have these physical bodies, we always have a place to live, right? Um, and whether or not we have a residence, someplace to reside is something else. And, and again, all of the things that go along with that, um, you know, when I was much younger, I was once displaced due to a fire in my apartment where I was staying. Um, and so I was also displaced at a point in time where, um, where the home that my son and I were renting, the owner decided to sell it. Actually, he, um, his ex-wife, his ex-wife took him to court and forced him to sell. And so, um, it left us needing to find a place. And so, you know, there have been various times, especially when my son was much younger, where we have relied on the kindness of family um, temporarily to allow us to stay with them. And so there have been some other circumstances and times that I won't go into detail here, but suffice it to say that it, it taught me a lot about appreciation and it taught me a lot about when you have your own home in the physical sense creating an environment and creating um, a sense of peace and deciding, being intentional about how you want your home to feel, how you want to um, decorate it, for example, what kind of feelings do you evoke, whether it's artwork placed on your walls or whether it's um, the level of cleanliness or whether it's the location of your home or the conveniences in your home with regard to like appliances and gadgets or um, parking or, um, you know, all of those things that we associate with um, how our home is. You know, do you have a yard? Do you not have a yard? Do you have a balcony? Do you have outdoor space? Do you live in a high rise? Do you um, take an elevator? Do you have stairs? All of the things that we associate with the building that we refer to as home, our residence. 
And again, as I mentioned before, you know, many times when we think of home, there may be all kinds of experiences that we associate with home when we were growing up, whether it was considered to be a welcoming place, whether you felt like your home was an oasis away from the world, or whether home felt like another place where you had to do battle. And so it can have so many meanings to so many people. And I say, as always, give yourself grace. And I also say, think about what stories that you have associated with home. So we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about the physical and the metaphorical home. Stay tuned. This episode of the Harmonious Living Podcast is sponsored by Harmonic Soul Wellness. Have you been doing the same thing and hoping for different results? Have you been looking to add more variety to your current eating habits? Are you ready for transformation from the inside out? Then the 90 Days to Wellness plant-based eating program is for you. Learn how to stop dieting and start eating to live. You can find us on the web at HarmonicSoulWellness.com or contact us at 619-892-8192. And welcome back. So... I always like to refer back to um, prior episodes of this podcast because there are so many connections. And one of the um, episodes in a prior season, I talked about um, ease on down the road. And it was sharing stories from the movie The Wiz or The Wizard of Oz in terms of looking at... um, our strengths, and also just kind of looking at the fact that the things that we're searching for can be found within us. But when I uh, did that episode and I talked about The Wiz, I recalled the song that um, Stephanie Mills sings, um, or Diana Ross's character, depending on if you're talking about the Broadway version or the movie version, um, When I Think of Home. And so um, the lead character is saying, when I think of home, I think of a place where there's love overflowing. And I think that's such a beautiful line. And I think it's such a beautiful um, place to start and a beautiful place to to just aspire to really, um, especially if we're talking about the metaphorical home our physical home that we live in, our physical home in the sense of these bodies, a place where love is overflowing. And, you know, when when we talk about coming home to ourselves, it really begs the question of who are you? And (laughs) so much of who we think we are is based on borrowed identities. 
And if you've ever listened to this podcast before, you know that I quite often reference um, Dr. Joe Dispenza and how he says that by the age of 35, that over 90% of who we are is borrowed. And so if that's the case, that means that our opinions, our behaviors, the thoughts that we have on repeat, they're not even our own. They're coming from outside of ourselves. And whether it is from the family you grew up in, whether it is um, from society, from you know watching TV or movies, or wherever you are getting your influences from, whether it's um, the church or the um, synagogue or the mosque that you grew up in or whatever your um, upbringing has been, um, whether it is based on the roles that you're filling and what you think about what that role means, um, you know, and sometimes we can have story clutter around who we think we are when we talk about when someone says, well, who are you? Or when someone asks you to tell you about themselves. So if someone says, tell me about yourself, and then your first thing is, well, you know, I'm a, a dog mom, or if your first thing is, well, I'm divorced, or if your first thing is, um, you know, I'm a wife, I'm a mom, it's like, those are roles, but that's not who you are. And so it's really important to draw the distinction and you know another place where we where we borrow our identities from i did a whole series on the four agreements and um, i highly encourage you to go back and take a listen to that and to really think about what your agreements are and i also encourage you to listen to the episode that i did with rakia michelle um, who's the host of the soul stories podcast where we're talking about the four agreements and many lessons that we've learned over the years. But the first agreement in particular about being impeccable with your word, that one is a real doozy. I mean, you you go off with a bang because when you start to think about that, the agreements that we have about who we are, they form early. And if we are not intentionally conscious and curious and self-aware, then we can hold on to um, erroneous ideas about ourselves and ideas that are based on opinion and not necessarily based in fact. And so, you know, when we take on agreements about what other people say about us, then we can do so at our own detriment and diminish our own power and diminish our own light. And so when we talk about coming home to ourselves, it really requires a willingness to constantly be open, to be curious, to be willing to learn, and to be honest with yourself. And it might be difficult. Um, you know, I recently sat on a panel and um, it was a health and wellness panel at a local um, health and wellness event. And the audience was a bunch of teenagers and there were a few adults sprinkled in there. But when the question was asked 
to these uh, young ladies in particular about what is one thing that you like about yourself, it was difficult for them to describe that. Now, mind you, if we already have that kind of conditioning at that age, imagine if you don't learn more about yourself as you continue to progress through life, how much you don't know about who you are and even like what you like and what your strengths are. And so the thing that came out when I when I spoke with those young ladies was, wow, look how difficult it is. Now, the very first young lady who spoke was, su was such a bright light and she easily answered the question about what she liked about herself and what she considered a strength. But then the, the other young ladies then, you know, whether it was bashfulness or just having difficulty answering the question, I said to them, it's amazing how easy it is for us to see strengths and qualities in other people that we admire. But when it comes to tooting our own horn, we have so much difficulty with it. And the looks on their faces and the looks <laughs> around the room when I said that was just like the light bulbs came on because it's so true. We can so easily see qualities in other people that we respect and admire, and we might not think that we possess those same qualities, but the thing is that we are mirrors of each other. And so if you see something good in another person, that means that you also have that quality and vice versa. And this one might be tougher to receive that when we see qualities that we perceive as negative in another, it also means that we're holding up a mirror and that we also possess those same qualities. So, but in any case, again, it is so important to be able to recognize and celebrate your strengths and also be willing to work on your shortcomings or your areas of growth. And it's your perceived shortcomings. And, you know, we all have areas of growth. And the beautiful thing about this life journey is that it is a journey and we get to practice. So we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about some tools that we can use to help us come home to ourselves. Stay tuned. And welcome back. So before the break, we talked about recognizing who you are as not a role that you fulfill. For example, we might identify ourselves as a parent, a wife, an employee, a partner, a daughter, a sister, a friend, a niece, an auntie, um, a boss. <laughs> uh, there are many roles that we might identify with, but the role is not who you are. The role is something you do. It is a function that you act in, but it is not who you are. And one of the things that I always want to do is I want to remind you as often as I can of who you are. And who you are is a divine being 
having a human experience. You are a divine being having a human experience. And so what does that mean? It means act like you know. Act like you know you are a divine being. And you can start with the basics. So for example, how you think about and how you treat your body, your temple, because this temple is the home of your spirit. And if you go back to the song that I referred to, when I think of home, I think of a place where there's love overflowing, then let's start there. Let's start out by learning how to truly love ourselves. And let me tell y'all something. <laughs> it might feel awkward in the beginning, actually taking time to think about what you like, what you want, what floats your boat, what makes you tick, and putting yourself first. It may feel awkward as hell putting up boundaries around um, behaviors that you may have previously tolerated when it comes to um, you know, standing in your power. Because coming home to yourself means recognizing the fullness of who you are and standing in your power and being mindful that when you say the words, I am, that you are making a declaration about your godness, your goddessness. When you say I am, whatever comes after that is an affirmation. And so the tools that can be very helpful with regard to a starting point of getting to know yourself better is journaling. I am a great advocate of journaling. And really, there's something magical about putting pen to paper. You know, we have our phones, we have electronic devices, we have laptops and things. And and yeah, you can, you can um, <laughs> do like a blog or, or your own personal notes there, but there's something to be said for journaling particularly if you have some really good prompts and wise people ask great questions of themselves. That is something that one of my mentors has, has said, um, Alison Bird talks about asking the right kind of questions to get to um, the answers that you're seeking. Another tool um, that I really, really value in terms of coming home to myself is using affirmations because on those days where I don't feel my best, when I don't feel um, the best about what I'm doing, or if I'm beating up on myself about you know things that I feel I might be falling short in, using affirmations is a great way to remind myself of my strengths, where I can say, yes, that is true about me. <laughs> that is true about my true self, because, you know, if we get focused on our ego self, then we can find many reasons to, um, to not want to give ourselves 
a pat on the back. But when we think about our inner being, when we think about who we are at our core, then affirmations are going to be a great reminder. And at the end of the day, really, what it is is that we're reminding ourselves when we're coming home to ourselves, we're reminding of we're reminding ourselves of who we actually are, who we are at our core, who we were conditioned and programmed away from, who we forgot that we were. Because we came here knowing. When we came here as babies, we came here knowing who we are. We came here knowing the divinity of who we are, but then programming adults, well-meaning adults, who wanted to keep us safe, um, our own observations, the agreements we made, those things took us away from, made us forget who we are. And so affirmations, journaling, meditation, spending time to quiet the mind, especially that monkey mind that is so busy thinking about our to-do list, that's thinking about doing instead of being. Because who you are really is who you be, who you be in the world. And who you be is light, love, divine. So um, prayer is another amazing tool. Time spent alone. You know, when you want to come home to yourself, when you want to get familiar with yourself, it, it is going to require that you take some time to yourself to get quiet so that you can hear your inner voice speaking to you so that you can hear the whispers of your divine so you can hear the whispers of your soul it's going to require some alone time and if you are fortunate enough um, like I am, to be in communities, intentional communities of other people who are on a path of transformation and soul expansion, then that's going to be another great way for you to be able to come home to yourself. So again, like I said, it might feel awkward and it might feel hella uncomfortable and downright strange and weird to start to put yourself first and to really think about what you like and what you want and what you desire for your life and to really be an intentional co-creator because that's who you are. You are a co-creator with the divine, with the oneness, and you get to decide what kind of life you want to have. And so again, coming home to yourself means recognizing, number one, that you are a unique, unrepeatable miracle. And number two, that you are the highest authority for your own life. That's who you are. Welcome home. Thank you for listening. Wow, what another amazing topic and another thought-provoking 
episode. And, you know, one of the things I want to be sure to say, I would be remiss not to say, is that with regard to our physical homes, you know, I definitely um, subscribe to the idea of comfort and having a comfortable home. I'm so grateful for the ability to have a comfortable home with the things that I like surrounding me with my husband and, you know, being having a place where loved ones can come and spend time together. I think that that is an amazing, wonderful blessing. And, you know, of course, our homes also can um, be containers. Our homes are containers. And so, um, you know, it can, you fill it with what you want. You fill it with the things that you like. And so we get to decide that. And, you know, um, I think about (laughs) when I go to my mom's house and how she has sentimental mementos of things that my sister and I did over the years growing up. And, you know, there are definitely some sentimental things that I've retained from my son's childhood that remind me, um, that give me um, good memories. And so our homes can be places that are filled with memories and we get to decide. And sometimes those memories are pleasant, sometimes they're not so pleasant, but we get to decide what our homes are like and how we want them to feel. And again, it's all about that container, the container. Your body is a container for your spirit. So (laughs) I wanted to just be sure that I made that clear. So here are some takeaways from today's episode. Um, Number one, We are global citizens. And so that means that wherever you are can be home. Number two, home in the physical sense, this body temple is a gift and it is something to be revered And it's a great starting point when we think about coming home to ourselves, thinking about how do we think about our bodies and how do we treat our bodies. Number three, use your tools. Coming home to yourself requires a willingness to constantly be open and curious and using tools like journaling, meditation, and prayer and silence are going to be wonderful in helping you to get that sense of closeness with yourself from where you can learn how to stand in your power. That's what coming home to yourself is. It's recognizing your power. So, I want to thank you so much for listening. I hope that this episode has given you some food for thought again, in the interest of time, you know, (laughs) some of, of what we discuss here, I don't go fully as deep as I can. I think I went pretty deep, but I don't go as deep as I can because 
there is so much more to say. And, you know, if we sat down and had a conversation, we could go for hours about this topic. So I know that you have many options when it comes to your podcast. And I want to thank you for listening to this one. If you've enjoyed this episode, do me a favor, share it with your family, your friends, your loved ones. If you haven't already done so, subscribe to the podcast so that you can be notified whenever new episodes come out. I'm also um, really, really grateful and thankful in advance if you write a positive review about the podcast so that other people can find it. And also, if you're so inclined to share the episodes that you're enjoying on your social media, on Instagram, I'm at Naema Sings. And if you tag me, I would be so happy to give you a shout out. And lastly, you can become a financial supporter of this podcast at any amount that feels aligned to you. And so, you know, I, <laughs> I am one of the few podcasters of color. I'm one of the few women podcasters out of all the millions of podcasters that are out there. And so again, I thank you for being here and for sharing this podcast with the people that you know. As always, I wish you peace and love and have a beautiful and blessed day.